Well, man, this room just got so much smaller. Wow. That was amazing. You didn't realize how many kids you have until they clear out of here. Um, so tonight's going to look a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to invite somebody up to the stage here in just a second. And then I've got two announcements thereafter. We're going to process through those tonight. So instead of a traditional message, we're going to process through some things going on in our community uh, and at Grace Meadows Church. But first, I'd love to introduce to you all, for those of you who don't know, Cheryl Trzinski. She, um, she and her family and Dan, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, give her a hand. Yes. They have um, started a ministry called Grace Manor, and there's been some really cool things happen this year, and it's all happened very fast, and I would love to just go ahead and invite you up before I say things that you might say, so you just go ahead and come on up. Good evening. I'm so glad to see everybody. You know, I thought I was going to be a little bit nervous, but your family... And I can talk in front of family, so it's all good. So Matthew 25, 31 tells us that when the Son of Man comes in glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right hand, and the goats on his left hand. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did, you see, when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothes you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So, before I get started, I have to introduce you to some of the most faithful person, people who live their faith boldly. Um, when Dan and I first started talking about Grace Manor, Don, did you pass out papers? Could you pass those out while I'm speaking, please? Thank you. Um, we prayed that God would bring like-minded people alongside of us. We prayed that they would catch the vision. We prayed that they would guide us, because we don't always do things exactly the way God wants us to, although we do try. So I would like you to meet our board. Gail Googe, could you stand up, please? Jack? Gurley, Lisa Friday, Peggy Linthicum, she may be down in the barn. Oh, there you are, and Tom Foster. These are the people that God has entrusted with Grace Manor, and I am just so thrilled to have them working alongside of us. 
So thank you all. Thank you. So we started talking about Grace Manor in February of this year. We actually incorporated in March of this year. Dan and I kind of tongue-in-cheek were talking about, you know, we don't have a physical location. We don't have any place to call home. But we need to do something. And all the time I'm praying, God, please don't let it be food. Please don't let it be food. What does God do? Feed my sheep. It's what we know how to do. So Dan says, you know, I think we need a bus. So two weeks later, a bus was donated to us. Praise God. Then Grace Meadow, thank you all, went above and beyond, and we had our first donation. And I want you to know that we steward these funds very carefully. We have no overhead at this point. The bus is paid for. It's insured. It's maintained. We have been um, given some office space to share with Grace Meadows above Foster Signs, which we are thrilled to have. So every penny that we have goes right back into program. So what have we been doing? Good question. So all summer long, before the bus was ready to take out on the road, Grace Meadows allowed us use of the van and the trailer. Every Tuesday, starting in June through August, we went to three different feeding sites, and we fed kids one meal for that one day. And I said, it's not enough. We need to bring enough food so families can have at least a week's worth of groceries. If we're going to be out there, we need to feed people. So we contacted Second Harvest. We were allowed to get food because we were feeding the kids. It was a process. But they finally said, yes, bring the food, feed the people, which is what we did. And as a result of that, we were able to build relationships with some of the people that we served. Um, Don, thank you. He passed out a little sheet here. So that'll tell you some of the outcomes of that program. But we were able to touch lives in a very tangible, dramatic way for these people. And we've maintained a lot of those relationships. Then we said, what else can we do? Because as people come to get their food, we hear their stories. And we learn that girls can't go to school if they don't have sanitary supplies. I said, you could buy all you want, but once they're gone, they're gone, and then they're in the same situation. So, you know, we have some fabulously talented people here. And I said, we need to make reusable sanitary supplies and little cross um, crossbody bags which is what we did. So now we are supplying girls and young women with reusable sanitary supplies. As of now, we've passed out 23 kits. Each kit has the cross body bag with three or four reusable pads, a Ziploc bag. If they can't get them laundered, they can bring them back to us. We'll launder them and we'll replenish their supply. We've also spent three or four um, afternoons feeding homeless people over on South Rhone Street. I've heard the stories. I've seen the situations. It breaks my heart. But for that moment in time, we're impacting and improving someone's life right here, right now. 
So let me tell you about our mobile food pantry. This is something, oh yeah, that I'm so, so very proud of. We started working on this concept back in June when we first partnered with Second Harvest. They've never heard of anybody wanting to be a mobile food pantry. They do have a truck that they consider a mobile food pantry that goes to eight different counties like once every couple of weeks and they haven't been doing that anymore because they don't have the personnel. That stopped in July. So when we broached the subject, it's never been done before. What does it look like? What hoops did we have to jump through? What regulations did we have to fulfill? And finally, we had Layla, the program coordinator, come down here and walk through the bus. And Tony, thank you. Tony put up some fabulous uh, metal racks for us, and that holds all the food. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's okay. So we took out a lot of the um, seats on the bus, so we have a grill on the bus, so when we go to these feeding sites, we're able to provide a hot meal while people are able to get their groceries. And because we are no longer a summer feeding site, we have the autonomy to go anywhere we need to go. If there's a fire somewhere, if there's some kind of a natural disaster, if something happens at one of the schools, we have the ability to go where the need is. Currently, we're on the road every Thursday afternoon. We start at one o'clock up at um, Second Harvest and we actually shop for the food that we're going to share with our families. And um, we don't buy the food, but there is a cost share that goes along with that. But I can tell you, we're really good shoppers. We got 955 pounds of food for $127. Woohoo! We shop really good. So then all that food gets placed on the bus, and right now, the first Thursday of every month, we're in Kingsport. Um, the location backs up to a housing authority, so tomorrow is going to be our first time in Kingsport, so we're praying for a really good turnout. Every other Thursday, we are at Bluff City, and we've really built some good relationships there. Last week, we had 49 people come and get food. So along with food, I'm looking out, and I see so many talented people here. I see nurse practitioners, some doctors, physical therapists. When we were in Connecticut at Masters Manor, we had 12,000 square feet. We had a facility where people could come. We don't have that yet. God is preparing our physical home for us. Um, so everything that we do, we need to take to the people. But isn't that what Jesus did? Didn't he spend his whole ministry fulfilling the need for people where they were? So I would love to have people who have time and talents who would like to get to know some people, maybe share some of your expertise with these people. They can't get to doctors. They can't 
you know, get their immunizations. There's so many things that they can't do because no fuel, no car, they're rural. They're just in need. So we're always looking for missionaries who would like to serve locally. And it only takes three or four hours a week. And we'd love to have you. So talking about our physical campus, we don't have it yet, obviously, because we'd be there. But what does that look like? When we were in Connecticut, we learned that you can have all the wraparound services. You could have the dental, you could have the medical, you can have the vocational and educational training. You could have clothing. You could have all of that. But if a person doesn't know where they're going to put their head at the end of the day, and if they don't feel safe in that space, no matter what you do, they're not in a place to move forward. So Dan and I always knew that the next adventure that God put in front of us would have to have some type of transitional housing. So again, why? You have kids coming out of foster care. If they've never been in a loving home or been tutored in any way, shape, or form, do they have the skills to survive? Where are they going to go? How are they going to live? Grace Manor would be able to come alongside these kids, teach them basic life skills, how to cook, how to clean, how to budget your money, you know, get some really good job skills from living on the physical campus where they could step into a decent job. Why? We want an apiary, which is bees, so we can make our own honey. We've talked about little dome homes, building dome homes. If somebody could build their own home, that's a win-win-win. Yeah, I see you back there, Danny. <laughs> we got to talk. Um, but as life progresses on a physical location, People get the tools they need. Some people come in, they're broken, they're lost. They just don't know how to get through the next day. And again, if we can be the light of the world, if we can be that light on a hill, if we can be the hands and feet of Jesus and just give these folks the hand up that they need, it's going to build a stronger individual and a stronger community. So... Please visit our website, www.gracemanor.life. Visit our web page, same thing. We have, um, what do we have? Insta Instagram. You can see I'm very tech savvy. Um, I do try. So you have been so generous, so faithful. I can look through here, and so many of you have already stepped up. You've given your time, you've given your talents, you've covered us with prayer, and I can't thank you enough for that. But if God is stirring your heart, don't say no. Be willing to step out boldly. It may not be an easy place, but it will be a blessed place. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you for sharing this evening. I'd love, before we move forward, just pray for Cheryl and Grace Manor. Father, 
I pray that you'll continue to bless this ministry. We pray for that physical location. We pray for that wraparound service. We pray for the opportunities for people to really just get on their feet. And, and not even like that broadly, but just to be fed, to have their needs met, just like you talk about in Scripture. Father, I pray that your hand will be all over Grace Manor moving forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so tonight's kind of like drinking out of a fire hose because we're going just all different directions here tonight. But um, I got two more announcements. One we're going to spend a little bit more time on. The first one, though, I just wanted to tell you real quick. We'd spoken as elders a couple weeks ago about there's really a, a problem that we're seeing in our community, and it's that there's a lot of people who want to sort of look after or provide respite for or foster kids that need a home. But it's very difficult starting out. Um, I know if, if you're familiar with the foster system, you know, they give you kind of a monthly payment, you know, there at the end of the month. But when you get a, a kid in your care, you don't receive any financial help for many weeks to come. And so a lot of times, you know, we had a foster kid in 2018 and he comes with a backpack with holes in it and one pair of clothes that's smelly, holes in it, all that. And so immediately... You're needing to go and get all the essential things for that kid right away. So you're spending hundreds and hundreds, if not a thousand or more, dollars trying to get that kid set up. And so there's many avenues and different things that try to help, like the Isaiah 117 house and, and all those things. They really try to help you out. But, but still, especially if you have a young one, you've you got to get a car seat. You've got to get a, um, a baby carrier. You've got to get, I mean, all the things, right? All those things. So... So we thought, we met a couple weeks ago, and we thought if, if you are a committed partner with us and you're foster certified and you get a placement and you've looked at some different avenues to try to, you know, get some help and things like that and you can't do it, uh, then come to us. Come to us as leaders and we'd love to provide as much as like $500 to help you get started with that kid. Because I know that a lot of times, you know, parents are really skeptical to take on foster care because of that upfront cost. And so if that helps you to say, hey, now I'm ready to dive in because I know I have this help, then by all means, come to us as elders and we'll make sure you get the help you need with that. Um, so that's the first announcement. Second announcement is we are going to do a 24 hours of prayer on November 21st. It's a Tuesday going into Thanksgiving at 6 o'clock until the point we meet that Wednesday night before Thanksgiving at 6 o'clock. So it's a 24-hour prayer and fast. We're really going to focus on the prayer part of it because, you know, if you, if you want to fast for those 24 hours or part of it, like, praise God, that's great. But biblically, we feel like, you know, you really ought not just say more about it right, than that. You know, if you want to do that, great. But we're going to focus on the prayer aspect. And what we're going to do is we've got a sign-up sheet over here where there's 30-minute increments. And we just want, you know, at least 48 people to take on each of those for those 24 hours and, and cover our, our church in prayer, cover our community, uh, cover our nation, and cover the world really in prayer over those 24 hours. And so tonight, I just wanted to kind of process through with you what those things are and what we're maybe looking at over those 30 minutes. So the first few things we have here are, um, have to do with our church, Grace Meadows Kids, the youth, Women of Grace, men's group. Life groups, worship team, meadowlarks, our elders, our deacons, setup team, staff, Grace Manor, 
Um, and then our values, unity, transformation, generosity, service, worship, scriptures and prayer. And then our mission, love God, love people, make disciples. I pray over our entire congregation. Pray over our local ministry partners, our national ministry partners, our international ministry partners. Pray over the marriages in our church. Pray over our prayer sheet requests. Um, pray over me and my girls. You know, I kind of got forced into that one. but um, And then church direction and future. Things like church plant. Things like where Grace Meadows is headed. Uh, and then our local schools, our local government, our local police, firefighters, uh, local churches. We added specifically Hope Church. Praying over them, the church that we sent out last year. We want to spend some time praying for them in their direction and then other local churches in the area, uh, local homelessness, uh, local business, a local revival. We want to see revival in our community, uh, global revival, global world hunger, uh, the, the conflict in Israel and Palestine. We want to pray specifically for that, uh, for Ukraine, Russia, uh, for global outreach, for our U.S. government, uh, for the upcoming elections next year, our economy, for national revival, for unity within our nation, and then we have national violence. So those are the, the 48 things. We have uh, two slots for each 30-minute window. So if somebody has already written, feel free to write next to it. And if all those things are filled in, feel free to still write next to it and pick one and just pray for those for those 30 minutes. Again, this is November 21st, Tuesday, six, starting at 6 o'clock and then ending when we meet together at 6 on that Wednesday. Now, I also wanted to process through maybe what that time could look like because we don't just want to come to God with our need. Because what happens is when we just come to God with our need, we really come from a place of lack often, right? We're coming urgently. We, we don't have it in the right perspective because all we're doing is saying, God, like, help fill this gap, help fill this void in my life. So instead, we really want to process how to pray. So I came up with this packet. It's, it's beside um, that sheet. So there's a, a sheet to sign up on, and then there's a sheet to take with you. And I just want to process through what's on that sheet um, before we get back into worship. Uh, the Acts method. Maybe you've heard this before. I think maybe even Tara talked about it. Uh, the first one is adoration. So before we really do anything, Jesus teaches us to pray to say, hallowed be your name, as if to say, let's get everything in the right perspective before we move forward. Before you bring that need, praise God, right? Because he's the one who's worthy to be praised. And so Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. So we spend some time letting our soul be still in his presence, in our mind to really know that he, not anything else, is God. So during that time, praise his power, his authority, his kindness, his love, all those things. And Psalm 68, 35 says, praise be to God. Psalm 66, 3 says, how awesome are your deeds? And I wrote one, one way to spend this time is maybe just take scriptures and, and meditate on who God is during that time. And the next one is confession. So starting with confe confession, but letting it lead into repentance, because repentance means to really like rethink our thinking at our innermost core, right? It's not just to say, like, I, I'm not going to do that right now at this moment or whatever. It's like to really align yourself with God's way. You know, you really just want it 
to be his way. You want to align it with him. So take some time. Man, what steps do I need to do to, to realign my thinking on this given area with God's thinking? Because remember when Jesus uh, says, um, on, on earth as is in heaven, your will be done, right? It's, it's realigning. It's taking this time to realign with God's will. And that's really important before we really get into some of our need as well. And the next one is um, Thanksgiving. And I put Happy Thanksgiving on there because it's almost Thanksgiving, man. First uh, Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, it does not mean that we have to give thanks for all circumstances. It's that we give thanks in every circumstance. So why is that God's will for us? It's because it changes our entire outlook. Like we talked about before, instead of coming to him from a place of, of, of need, we come to him from a place really of abundance, don't we? When we have gratitude, we're like, man, like we have all these glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19, it says, And my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Perhaps gratitude truly is like the pathway of us understanding that we probably really have a lot more than we realize in that moment. And especially if we have Christ, we really already have everything. You remember the, the story where Jesus um, heals ten lepers and only one of them comes back and comes back to thank him? And he says, what, your faith has made you whole. Right? It's, he healed the others, but yet there was still some lack in their life. Why? Because gratitude is the pathway of taking what you know to be true and, and being the place that you put your confidence in. And so him being thankful, let him know that he really was made whole by Jesus. And that's a great time for us to just say, God, thank you. Thank you. Maybe you make a, a worry list or a, or a gratitude list. Maybe you make um, a list of the things about Jesus that you just love and you appreciate during that time. And then, of course, supplication. In addition to uh, the category that you've signed up for, you may also take this time to tell God what concerns you, no matter how small it might seem. Because if you think about it, all of our needs are really small compared to uh, an all-authority, all-powerful God. Philippians 4, 6 uh, says in part, make your requests be known. So this is a good time to to make a worry list, distraction list, or whatever, and then replace those things with what is true. Again, you don't need to necessarily write these things down because I do have this entire packet for you to take home. I made, I think, enough. I made, I don't know, like 100, 105, so I think that should cover it. But um, let me say three things, and then I'll be happy if anybody has a question about this. Go ahead and just pop your hand up, and I'll try to answer it because... There's a lot of different moving parts to this. But again, sign up. There should be a pin over there. Sign up for the gap of time that, that you will want to pray and uh, spend some time in prayer at that time. I did also put phone numbers, uh, a place for phone numbers there if you wanted to pass off to that person. You say, hey, I'm the, the 4 a.m. to 4.30 a.m. window. I'll text the next person. Here, you're up. It's your time. Now, I say if you want to because... What you may find if you're, if you're just, if you're praying this Acts method, you may find that you blow past that 30 minutes and praise God. That's great. Like, that's awesome, right? Continue to, to pray beyond that 30 minutes, and that's great. But if you wanted to pass off that way, 
I think that'd be great. And I've got the phone numbers um, on there for you to put down. Um, I want to say three things and then worship team. In fact, worship team, why don't you guys go ahead and come back. I want to say three quick things before we get back into worship. Number one, um, I was thinking a few weeks ago, I was at Life Group, and I just said, man, God has really blessed this Life Group. And I was wondering why that is, and really what it comes down to is God's going to do what God's going to do. And once we start thinking we've got a blueprint or we've got the method or we've got it just right, we're in big trouble. But I did notice, I looked around the room and I said, wow, you know what, there's really not an ounce of arrogance in this room. And I thought, that's amazing. That's really cool. And then I was in a staff meeting on that Monday and I said, you know, I could say that same thing right now in this room. And then I was in an elder meeting and I said, I could say the same thing right now. And then I came to this room on a Wednesday night and I said, man, praise God, I don't see a hint of arrogance in this room. And praise God for that. I mean, how many times do you see where, you know, if somebody says, hey, somebody went down a really bad path, were, were there some warning signs that you saw along the way with hindsight when you look back? And most of the time people will say, oh yeah, yeah I saw some pride there. I didn't know what to do with it, but I saw some pride there. And so praise God for that, that that's going on right now in our church, that there's so much humility. Now, i got to say this, too. <laughs> the enemy will use that to say, wow, look how humble you are, and now, boom, you're arrogant about your humility. <laughs> so this 24 hours of prayer is such an opportunity for us to just come humbly with our hands open to say, God, we can't really accomplish anything. And we know who we are without you. I mean, we can't, we can't obtain life. We can't do any, we can't put one foot in front of the other. We need you in our lives to do everything. And we just say yes. And so let us be a church that continues to have our hands open in humility. And the second thing I wanted to say is as we do this 24 hours of prayer, I think it would be good for us to do this secretly. I mean, I, I don't think it's probably a good idea for us to post on social media, hashtag 24 hours of prayer, or things like that. Right? When, when Jesus says pray, man, the Pharisees, they go on the street corners at the highly trafficked times, and they want to appear holy and stuff like that, and they're really just wanting approval from people. Let us go to bat for our community, for our church, for our nation, for the world in secret, and one-on-one -on -one pray to a God who really does want to work in the world. And then the third thing I wanted to say is um, we're wrapping up our Suit Up series. And the last part of it, Steve, if you'll throw up just the very end, Ephesians 6, 18 for me. It says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the suspense is killing me. All the Lord's people. And man, I, I do hope that this 24 hours of prayer, your 30-minute your window, I really hope that this is just the beginning for us to get a little taste of that time and say, man, I just want more of that. You know, I think that I, I have to go and accomplish more for God, but yet Jesus spends so much time withdrawing and praying, and he's the most productive person in the history of the world. So who are we to think, man, we can't just sit longer 
in his presence and just make requests. Make requests over and over. Perhaps if that's our legacy as Grace Meadows Church, that we sat in prayer and made requests to God, that's a pretty good legacy. Let us be a people who just pray and say, God, I, I know I can't really do it. I can't do enough. And I call on you, I call on your name one more time to do it again. May that be our legacy as Grace Meadows Church. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that this time of 24 hours of prayer will just be a, a sweet aroma to you. That you'll just be praised because you deserve so much praise. Father, just remake us in the image of your Son. We love you very much. In Jesus' name, amen.